I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Jeremy Green is today's guest. He's a mindset coach, co-podcast host of The Social Ninjas. He traveled the world giving free hugs and he's created a global community bringing humanity closer through genuine human connection. During the episode, he talks about how his social anxiety was debilitating for most of his life. He shares some practices that have hugely helped him. And though it's something he says he'll never fully get over, he does have a much, much better relationship with his social anxiety today. As he says, he used his pain for his purpose. We also talk about the power and benefits of being vulnerable and open about your sadness, the incredible and many benefits of hugs, not having to explain yourself, and so much more. Please welcome Jeremy Green. All right, Jeremy Green, welcome to the podcast, buddy. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to get to know you and chat. Yes, me too, man. These podcasts, I, I'm, I'm just so grateful. I'm so lucky that I get to have these brilliant conversations with just people who are putting good energy and, and love out into the world. So Jeremy is a podcast host. He's also a mindset coach with a global community. Cannot wait to get into that a little bit more and just understand more what that is. Uh, he also went around around the world and gave free hugs, which is the coolest thing ever. Um, so Jeremy, yeah, just give us a little bit of an understanding first, maybe about how you went around the world and gave free hugs. Where did that idea come from? How long did that span for just the overall idea of that? Um, yeah, free hugs. I did it, I did it like a, a spread kindness project where I went from Los Angeles to through Oregon, through Seattle to Canada and I gave free hugs along the way. And no, uh, I even stayed with one of the strangers that I gave a free hug to in Canada for a while. <laughs> and we became good friends. And he visited me in Los Angeles. He had never been to Los Angeles before. 
Um, and then when my Jeremy Talks to Strangers Instagram got featured on the news, uh, I was like, this is an excuse to, to really see how far I can take this uh, mission of talking to people and inspiring more connection around the world and just show we're all the same deep down. So I went to Asia and I had a free hug sign and I had my couch surfing host make me a, a sign in Mandarin. So I gave free hugs at a festival. Uh, and I've just done it everywhere ever since. I always try to do it whenever I can. And it's it's literally started because I was on uh, the radio and it was the inspirational hour and the girl had been doing it for 10 years and she challenged me to do it myself because like no joke, I got over my social anxiety and um, which I'll get into later in my you know, my limiting beliefs and self-love challenges and um, yeah, my debilitating social anxiety by just doing social challenges and as I, as I always say, my doing social reps. So it was uh, initially to help me with my social anxiety and I realized how much um, value and how much transformation it brought other people. Like I gave multiple times, I gave someone just a hug I always say just a hug, right? Mm -hmm. And then I'll get a message from someone on Instagram saying, ever since that hug, I just turned things around. Wow. So is it just a hug? <laughs> <laughs> it is not just a hug. Oh my gosh. And w when you go to these different areas, are you, are you holding a sign wherever you are with the free hugs and people are just coming up to you and, and giving you hugs? Yeah, I have, a, I have a sign that says free hugs. There's rules to it, which were some of it was challenging for me. Um, the one that wasn't challenging is I never ask for a hug. I never say, hey, you want a hug? I never do that because there's boundaries. You never know mm. what people are going through and traumas people have. Yeah. So I don't want to push you know, past those boundaries. And um, I just wait with the sign and people come to me if they want. If they don't, they don't. And then um, the second rule, which is hard for me at first, is um, like, when do you let go, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. And the answer is you let go and they do. Yes. <laughs> so I know like that, even that was hard for me. I remember it, it would grab onto my old stories of feeling like I was a burden. I'd be giving someone a hug and I'm like, okay, I'll, okay, I'll let go now. Sorry. You know, it's like that thought it would come mm -hmm. in my head. Like, okay, I'm sorry. I'll let go. And, but no, the, the rule is I let go when they do. And this, I've had our people hold on for a long time. And I'm like, all right, this is just a thought. Thanks for sharing. I'm going to keep hugging until they let go. Mm -hmm. And that's growth for me to keep giving a hug when my brain's trying to st have me stop giving them a hug. Yep. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll let go now. I'm sorry. You know, like so mm -hmm. it's all just a thought. Yep. I experienced the same thing. I feel like when you can, when you're hugging somebody for, I think an extended period of time, whether it be like 15 or 20 seconds, I feel like something is happening there. Like your energy is really connecting. Like your heart energy is really connecting. It's, it's wild. You feel like calmer. You feel like this rush kind of come over you of just like peace. It is so crazy. And like most times the hugs we give are, you know, real quick ones, like a second or maybe just a few, but I would challenge everybody next time you give someone a hug, it, you don't keep holding them if they're trying to get away, but try to be there for as long as you can. I was at a family thing a couple days ago and I was saying goodbye to my cousin and she just didn't let go and it was beautiful. And then I didn't let go either. And you kind of have these thoughts in your mind. You're like, oh my gosh, are we hugging for too long? Is this awkward? Is this weird now? Oh my gosh, do we let go? This is longer than normal. <laughs> you know, your mind will kind of like race. 
And that's a good challenge too, to quiet your mind in that moment and just let be what happens. And it feels so good. And so Jeremy, I lived in San Diego uh, for a little bit, for a few years. And yes, you did too? Awesome. What part of San Diego did, did you live? Yeah. Um, three different places. I lived in La Jolla for a year. And then from, because I went to UCSD. And then after that, I moved to Mira Mesa. Mm-hmm. I was in a six bedroom house. It was really, it was a party, kind of half party, half non-party atmosphere. <laughs> Two living rooms. It was, um, it was pretty intense. And mm-hmm. then I moved to Pacific Beach for a year. Cool, man. I lived, that's awesome. I lived in Ocean Beach for all three years that I was there. And um, one day I did, I went out right by the beach in OB and I had the free hug sign. And Jeremy, it, you took, I mean, you took it to a whole nother level, but doing it in, uh, in Ocean Beach that one day was one of the best days of my entire life. And I've talked about this on the podcast yeah. before. It literally, it was the energy that I felt from other people strangers but they weren't strangers in that moment you know we really were able to connect and and like share the space with each other and and just kind of boil things down to a simple idea of just like togetherness and love there wasn't all these other thoughts there wasn't all that you know all the problems that were going on in the world we just were able to connect in moments and it was really special and it was really beautiful for me and um and knowing how much, how great that was for me, I can't even imagine how amazing it must be to have traveled all over the place and doing the same thing. And I just, when, when uh, you'd mentioned that you had done the free hugs thing, I was like, yes, this is my dude. Like I already felt that connection right off the bat. And um, Jeremy, like, yeah, I just want to, even when you went out to do the free hugs, you know how you mentioned that you had social anxiety. So you do these things in order to help yourself get over it or get not, I don't want to say get over it, but maybe get through it. Um, when you did the free hugs thing, were you already in a place where the social anxiety wasn't there or was that one of the things that really helped you through it? I think it's a misconception that people have and that is like, I'm over it. And anyone that says they're over something, I don't believe them. And I don't see that. I don't think they're authentic anymore because we're never over it. And I do this in like my subconscious mindset coaching. That's this idea that like, it's what we practice and I still have social anxiety. It's still there. It's, it's, it's just my relationship with it. And I, I do these things to strengthen my confident parts of myself. Like we, I think I all, I always have, I have so many parts of myself and it, I call it like, as I, as I say, I do social reps and the hugs for me was social reps. And as I push myself to doing things out of my comfort zone, um, it strength, it, it lowers the influence that my social anxiety has on me. Yes. Um, which my social anxiety is just like, let me keep you safe. Let me not, let me lie to you and say how awful and scary the world is and over exaggerate things to keep you safe. Let me, let me say no one likes you. Let me tell you that you bring no value to the world is my own stuff. Let <laughs> me say, you know, say people aren't going to like you. No, one, you're not all this stuff to just make sure you're not putting yourself out there so you don't get rejected and get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of go back into like the free hugging thing. No, I had an anxiety attack before the first time I gave free hugs. I had, I had planned the first time I did free hugs. I'd planned to do it like earlier on, and I had an anxiety attack in my car, and I was like overthinking. I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. I made the sign hours later, 
and I was just in my car and I was like just on you know the fight or flight or freeze I was just I was in freeze I couldn't move it was overwhelming and then I just like thank you brain so much for sharing I'm doing it anyways and honestly the first time I did free hugs the only reason I did it honestly is because I told so many people I was doing it and I just didn't want <laughs> I didn't want to have all those conversations of I know I ended up not doing it mm-hmm. so I was like ah, ah you know yeah. this is um powerful action towards our goals over how we feel has mm-hmm. been a game changer like i even get it now like i'm traveling all over the place visiting people from that i met during the pandemic that i never met in person and i still go through it where i don't want to do anything and then i just like i'm just gonna move and just not listen to my brain for a second and just move and i always feel better and to kind of give some benefits of hugging in case you're uh, not a hugger it strengthens your immune system it makes you more patient. It's a perfect treatment for stress and anxiety. It builds self-esteem, especially in children. It releases dopamine, as there's a source of good feelings and motivation. It helps you get through painful or stressful situations. Releases oxytocin, which helps us with happiness. Conveys many emotions without saying a word. Balances the nervous system and is a strong display of love and support. Yes. <laughs> Uh, thank you for, for rattling that off. So many benefits. Oh my gosh. So many good things. And it's, it's right. All those benefits come from hugging somebody, right? Just a hug. I love that. But is it just a hug? Wow. Incredible, man. I, um, and I thank you, Jeremy too, for that perspective of, right. It's not that you got over it or that you even got through it. You are, it's your relationship with it right? And by doing these things, it's building your confidence or your strength in that relationship that you have with your social anxiety. And honestly, that just paints like such a, like a perfect picture of, um, of what that, what that kind of seems like, right? It's not like, okay, it's, it's over forever. It's just, you're actively doing things so that you can be stronger than your ego or your, your mind, your panicked mind in, in those moments which is so cool. Dude, when I did the the hugs, the free hugs in San Diego, I was walking to the beach with a sign in my hand. And Jeremy, I was starting to freak out. I was really like, I don't know if I can do this. The rejection, uh, it's just going to seem stupid. Like, oh my, just so much fear was coming over. And on the walk, I was like, okay, I'll never forgive myself if I don't do this right now. And I was with my, well, now wife and then a couple other friends. And then kind of like you, I was like, now I have to explain to you that I'm not doing this anymore. And I started to freak out and I was like, okay, how can I get out of this? And in my mind, the only way that I thought I could get out of it, I was hoping like a big gust of wind would come and rip the sign out of my hand and mess it up. And then I wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, luckily, that big gust of wind never came. Uh, and then I did it. And again, it, it was one of the best moments of, of my life. It was just, it was unreal. Um, and so Jeremy, I just, I want to, you, you, your story is so powerful, man, in, in terms of your social anxiety and um you know you being able to to do these things and pushing yourself you know to and then past the limits uh in order to go out and give free hugs and, and do the other things that you're doing um how long ago did you did you start on this journey where you really realized okay this is not how i want to live anymore and when did you actively start to take those steps in order to build that better relationship with your social anxiety Wow, that's a good question. Um, I would say it's been an ongoing process. However, there was a point in my life where I hit rock bottom. Um, I was just in the space of 
debilitating tears and I was on the floor and I was just like, I'm so unhappy in life. I'm so depressed. I wish I was someone else. A lot of those scary thoughts came up and I was really depressed and I was thinking of you know going on antidepressants and anti-anxiety and just because I was so unhappy and I just I was down for anything at that point so I just went on a journey of trying everything because <laughs> I deep down loved people I enjoyed connection so much it brought me a lot of joy but I had a lot of trauma uh, in the past that created nonsense story that prevented me from connecting which is something I really wanted to do so I had blocks and um, I think that just kind of to touch on and I feel like so many people have trauma that they are scared this is I'm talking from my own perspective that they're scared to process and go towards because it's so scary like I'm so terrified to go there because they stuff it in there and that's what I did and I repressed you know my trauma for so many years and i was scared to process my trauma because i thought i was going to make it worse i just don't want to think about it i just want to be happy blah 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 and then um i started uh it's it's funny like my self-improvement journey started when i joined like a pickup artist community um to help men talk to women and, uh, and people always, I always think it's fascinating. I think that there are negative parts of the pickup artist community. And I think it's what you, what you, what I t- what you take from it. And what I took from it was put work into bettering yourself and embrace rejection. And yes. um, so I think everything has some good if you look for it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I literally would go with this, this, this guy literally got me started and I, I saw him. He, I went to community college with him. He was so awkward. Didn't know how to talk to women. And then one day he's walking around super confident talking to like women like it was nothing. I'm like, what just happened to this guy? I want some of that. <laughs> so I read the book called The Game. And that was a powerful book about this guy who was really not, he was not good with women. And it be like getting together and connecting with the best pickup artists in the world and became the best and then there's a whole story about him being depressed but let's take away like the self-improvement part of it and i'll never forget the first time my friend supported me in doing like positive affirmations about myself i'm powerful i bring value everywhere i go i'm incredible i'm likable like all these powerful affirmations that i thought were ridiculous in the past he's like just do it with me and then i did it and i'm like oh wow i actually feel better and that's when i Later on, I, I learned about, you know, our thoughts become our feelings, our feelings become our actions, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I always say, like, my thoughts are 100% of the time only suggestions, and I choose whether to internalize them as reality. And we went out to the, for the first time talking to women, and the first time talk going out there, you're it's all about failing a lot, just to show your brain that it over-exaggerates how bad it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So... He, I would literally go up to women and I'd be like, hey, I'm Jeremy the Green-Haired Martian. What's your favorite flavored bowling ball? And I would say that to every girl. So I get my fail reps in. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I expect to fail. So when I failed, I didn't, I didn't care, right? Yep. <laughs> wow. Right. It's like helping you get over that fear and realizing the fear that we make up in our mind. It's usually not as bad as what will actually happen, Never. right? It was never. Wow, it was never. Wild, man. Wow. 
right? And it's like we, our ego tries to protect us, but it's just like crushing us with this debilitating fear. That's beautiful, man. Going out and intentionally failing, you know what I mean? Reject, facing rejection so you can realize it's not so bad. So this huge thing I was so fearful about isn't really as scary as I made it out to be. And dude, I love, I've been talking a lot about and in, in, in my life, um, bringing into my awareness a lot about intention. So it's right. Like you went and, and did this with intention. You know, it wasn't just going there and trying to pick up girls or whatever. Like you went there with such focused intention of trying to get over those fears. Right. And, and just being able to, I guess, maybe be, like, be a little more outgoing, um, which is a beautiful thing. It's like you said before, like there's good in everything. Right. It's not just like this or that. It's, it's the end idea. It, end like not or it's end so in that moment it was like it doesn't have to just be this thing it's it's everything so like in this there is good here and you focused on that and you were intentional and you were able to utilize that as a tool for your growth and development which is just so beautiful such an awesome thing that you were able to do thank you man yeah of course man i think i think that it's I've, I've studied the brain so, so much <laughs> and I've learned how our brains, our natural state is dissatisfaction. Mm. And I also learned that our, our natural default is negative framing as a safety precaution. Like our brain yes. doesn't want us to be happy. It doesn't. It only wants us to be safe. Like it doesn't care whether we're happy or not. Like, cause if we're happy and if we're confident, then we're putting ourselves out there. Right. And if we put ourselves out there, we're in danger. Mm-hmm. However, we're not happy. So people say, oh, once I have this, I'll be happy. Once I have this, I'll be happy. Once I do this, once I have this girlfriend, once I have this boyfriend, once I you know, g- travel the world, once I have this job, once I have this money, I'll be happy. But it's not true. It's what matters more is not happiness. What matters more, in my opinion, is my commitment. At the end of the day, the most important pivotal thing is my commitment to joy and my commitment to joy can be feeling the sadness my commitment to joy could be feeling the anger and using it to set a powerful boundary my commitment to joy could be uh putting putting together a get-together or setting up a get-together no one shows up and it's like i'm proud of myself for setting it up not oh no one showed up that's my commitment to joy in that moment yes Wow. And like you said, so like the ego is there to try to protect us, right? It wants to keep us safe. And I never thought about it that way. It's, it's not there to make us happy. Um, it's like, I feel like I've known that, but I've never actually said those words or thought about it. The ego is not there to make us happy. Like I've always known, well, not always, but I know now that it's there to protect us and, and to keep us safe. But in doing that, it's detrimental to us in, in so many ways because it just pushes that fear out to be like, well, wait, just make sure that you're safe though. You know, and I think it's such a good point too that you mentioned about happiness. And that's something I've learned too now over the past couple of years that it's in order to achieve our happiness, it cannot be right. Once I get to this place, I'll be happy. Or once I have this person in my life, I'll be happy. It just doesn't work that way. And something else too that's been coming a lot into my reality and into my focus and awareness is being happy and being fulfilled on the inside not uh, not allowing or not allowing the outside world to dictate my happiness or how i feel 
right? And that goes right in line with like the idea of, well, I'm not going to wait, you know, for me to have this person in my life or to me to achieve this goal in order to be happy. It's like, I'm trying to remove myself from that and just be happy in the now and be grateful for what I have right now. And literally not being like, okay, I'll be happy when this comes, but being like, how can I be happy right now? There's so many gifts for us all around us all the time. So it's like just focusing on the present and focusing on what we have now and internally being in a place of joy and peace and love. And then that will create the surrounding around us, right? We don't need to, again, let the surroundings dictate how we feel. We need to feel those things first, feel that happiness first. And then the reality around us will form because that's who we are in the inside we're not waiting for something on the outside to show up first. Oh, that's powerful. And um, it's, it's a good reminder. And it's, I like to say, it is, it's a practice. Yeah. And I always get frustrated when people are like, this is who I am. Like, those words bother me so much. Yes. And people's like, this is who I am, right? Mm-hmm. Or when someone says, uh, you just have to love yourself. That bothers me as well. And the reason that bothers me is, I'm never a certain way. I'm always practicing who I am and I'm always creating who I am. Like there's the only consistent is change. That's the only consistent, right? Yep. And that's something I learned and something I teach my clients a lot. It's like, you're always practicing a way of being and thinking. And as soon as you realize you're off, you know, the course of how you want to show up in the world, all right, what, forgive yourself. And what could you do now? Mm-hmm. I mean, I slip up from time to time. I have, a, I have my own coach and I go through times where I'm not doing my morning routine or my night routine. I'm not talking to myself in the nicest way. I go through it sometimes and I'm wait, hold on. This is not, I'm not filling up my cup when I do this, which is something that is really important before I help others. They always say you got to fill your own cup before you fill others up. And I'd mm-hmm. always try to get my satisfaction and self-worth and connection through helping others, which it was so empty and wasn't authentic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, like today, when I have my coaching days, I do everything in my power for me in the very beginning of the day. So I have a lot fill myself up to help others. Yes. Love that. And the, um, it's interesting that you just touched on the, like, I am this way, or this is who I am because I, and I, I ran into that a few days ago. And when the person said that to me, it struck like a chord in my body of like, not good energy because by you saying, well, this is who I am, well, then that is your truth. You are validating and you are saying, this is who I am. Also, the magical thing about who we are, how powerful we are, if you say, well, this is who I am in a positive light, well, then that's who you are as well. It's like Henry Ford, he said something like, um, whatever you say is right. So if you say, hey, I can't do this, well, then you're right. And if you say, hey, you know, I can do this, well, then you're also right. So it's like, I feel for those people who say, well, this is just who I am. There's nothing I can do about it. It's like, you can actually do everything about it. But with that state of mind and with that thought process, then no, there's nothing you can do about it because that is now becoming your truth because that is what you believe. Like what we believe becomes our truth. So believe in yourself and that will be your truth and you can achieve these things. If you say, you know, that's just who I am. You know, I'm not social. Uh, You know, I can't talk in, in front of more than just one person. Well, then you're validating that, right? And you're, you're constantly mm-hmm. putting, that, putting that into your awareness and, and making that your truth. But if you say, hey, you know what? 
I can. And maybe just do it one by one, you know, but I, I can talk to more than one person at once. You know, I can find the power in myself. I can find the gratitude in that situation. I can find the connection in that situation and the joy in that situation. And I can do that. Well, then that will slowly become your truth. I'm not saying it's going to happen like in a blink of an eye, but that will slowly become your truth as well. So we're just so powerful. That's really what I'm trying to get at. We're, we are incredibly powerful beings and our thoughts are insanely powerful as well. And they can, they will really dictate our life and our energy uh, and the reality that we, that we live in. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's, there, there's definitely a level of it that is, you can say all these things and yes, it does be, it could become true really in the long haul, but there is a level of trauma that I had me personally which prevented me from really allowing, you know, people say nice things to me. It didn't, it didn't match like my, how I saw myself. So I rejected it a lot of the times yeah. and I'm um, not to get off topic, but it was like the idea of processing, you know, that those traumas that I was scared to process before I was able to really, you know, I'm amazing. I bring value everywhere I go. Like I had to, like I was bullied. Like my stories, I was bullied, um, basically out of my grade level, my bully, uh, basically it started out as my oldest brother who was on the spectrum and he would beat me up he would use me as a punching bag because the world is hard for him it's called displacement yeah. and i took on the message of um, i'm a punching bag and then my bully um felt that energy and I, he, he was going through his own identity issues which i later found out and i had him on my podcast he ended up going to jail he ended up becoming an alcoholic and then becoming sober anyways like and i took on a lot of trauma from he basically got a whole, like, a huge population of my grade level against me where they would, like, throw Powerade bottles at my head from a second story, you know, second, the second story of, like, the classroom area to, like, grabbing my neck and throwing me to the floor to just, um, he used to tie my my backpack to the seat almost every day. So when I would get up, they'd be tied to my seat and everyone would laugh. Um, it, would, it went on and on and on, and they spread rumors about me, my family, and um, and this, what's really important to touch upon is the stories that I told myself and the trauma that I went through. In those moments, really helped me. Right, in those moments, you know, no one likes me. That story I told myself prevent it had me. What it caused me to do is not put myself out there. And if I don't put myself out there, then I'm not getting rejected. So to help me in that moment, but what, I've no, what I learned happens is those old stories that once helped me were not helping me anymore. So it's like a computer. There needed to be a reprogram, which is something that I did in all these, you know, facilitations and transformational weekends in forests. Like I literally learned to reprogram my brain from the ground up, it was not easy. I had to go sh head, like run towards the roar and head, you know, go head on with the the pain and anger that I was scared of and sadness underneath that, and really, really, really feel it and process it and let it go and then reprogram it and put it back in um, before I was able to really fortify those positive messages to how I wanted to show up in the world. And I love how you touched upon, you know. The, the negative aspects of this is who I am, but also as an aspect of saying this is who I am is you're now closed off and you're not letting new information in anymore, which is not 
healthy <laughs> mm-hmm. and it makes you stubborn yes. and not open-minded which is not healthy either mm-hmm. um and it's as i'm saying like this is what i'm practicing being like there's no there's there's no initiation within our society where you, you learn like what is your mission in life and my my mission um is to be a powerhouse of more self-love and authentic human connection worldwide um i've literally do my pain they always say like pain to purpose my pain turned into my purpose like i was so disconnected from myself i hated myself for so many years and i could not connect with anyone just because i thought everyone hated me for even people i didn't know like they hate me i just like assumed so it's like confirmation bias i talk about this with my clients a lot it's like if i have the belief system that if i have the belief that no one likes me and then 10 people are like you're amazing and then two people say you're not amazing i'm gonna give all the value to the two people because it matches my belief system on myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use this, even in my travels, I, I use this where, I'm, as I said, like I'll say, wow, people here are so friendly. And then I, I subconsciously ignore the people who aren't friendly. They don't get much value. And I just ignore it. It brushes off of me. And I go to the next person. And if the next person's really happy or really friendly, I'm like, see, told you. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I'm, I'm so glad that you, you know, you were intentional and you worked on yourself and you see the person that I see right now today. You're such a beautiful soul, man. You have such amazing energy. You telling your story is so powerful. The vulnerability in itself is powerful, but your actual story of of who you were and, and, and who you are now and and how you got there and how you're still on the journey, man. We're all still on it. It's just, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. And I just, I want to just commend you and give you some love, man, because this person I see is such a bright soul and such a bright light. And, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that you see that in yourself because I think maybe now even more in your knowing of that of yourself, you're radiating even more, you know what I mean? And it's just, I love it, man. It's, it's, it's really great to see. And, um, yeah, I kind of touch upon this. I think that normalizing, you know, not being okay is not being weak and the reason i bring that up is just yesterday i was it was my birthday and i was feeling down i was feeling depressed it's my birthday what am i gonna do next i'm not home and mm-hmm. i'm just feeling kind of very down all, all the pressure i put on myself to make my birthday amazing in a new mm-hmm. space and i was overstimulated and i was like feeling down mm. and i you know the old me and people call me reach out to me when i'm not in the best space i would just ignore them and i only want to show up when i'm like quote unquote happier or quote unquote myself this is a part of me yes. and just normalizing and not making a weakness when you're not in a good mood or not feeling well um is powerful and mm. that's a growth in me like people someone called me and cheered me up in like t- five ten minutes it wasn't that bad and then I cheered up and now I accepted all the other stuff, you know, all the other people saying happy birthday and everything. And I, I turned it around and I cried a little bit um, and I felt really good. Mm. And I just want to, I know it's not, you know, going to sound cool to standards of society. Like crying is cool. Real men yes. cry. Yes. Um, and I, and it's, it makes me sad to to know that so many people are going through a hard time more than you think to give me one example i had someone call me for my birthday i'm not going to say who and i'll say how was everything and they're like oh great i have my job this this, and that and 
the, the average person I'm like, wow, it's great. This person is so happy. I'm not, but this person's happy. Great. And I took a moment and I looked at the person and I said, how are you really sad? I've been so sad recently. And they broke down. Mm-hmm. I supported them and they felt so much better after. And it's just like making it a big secret is the worst thing you can do mm-hmm. just even if it's just the, it's the most the most sad awful thing like thought just saying it out loud and not making it a secret takes away its power it and, does um, yeah it's just something to think about i just i'm like, so important for people to realize is that it's okay not to be okay i know they say it yeah. all over your know, social media it's okay but what does that mean right mm-hmm. and then just one more tidbit Research shows that we get more value and satisfaction in helping others than helping ourselves. The reason I bring this up is because by not sharing that you're going through a hard time to the people around you, you're not being of service because you're not giving that satisfaction to another person to cheer you up, which gives people so much freaking joy. (laughs) Wow. What a way wow what a way to look at that right knowing that in your vulnerability in your openness you have a huge chance of being able to release and 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 feel better but holy crap jeremy the fact that the other person the joy that they're going to be able to feel by you holding that in you are taking away that joy from them from yourself but really from them because it's so real when we can give and we can support and show love for other people it feels amazing it literally is like one of the best feelings in the world and oh my i've never thought about it that way before that was so brilliant of a total paradigm shift of like how to actually view that sort of a situation and thank you for bringing this up jeremy it is important to know that like even in me celebrating you and who you are and myself feeling great a lot of the time and feeling a lot of love in my heart, there is still pain. There is still hard times. There is still moments of weakness and doubt and fear. And is it, is it weakness? Is it weakness? Or is it moments of humanity? Yes, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Right. It's just moments of me being human and it's, it's right. It's not right. It's not weak. It's just me in a moment being a human and dealing with things thanks buddy it's like our our society labels sadness or anger and all this as negative but literally every emotion is just an emotion right like and then we label them as bad or good they're not bad or good they just are yes there is no sad there is no happiness without sadness there isn't and Mm -hmm. every single emotion actually has a positive usage for Mm -hmm. example i can use my anger to set a healthy boundary it's so much easier if i use i channel my anger i can use sadness to deeply connect with the people around me the most powerful connections i have in my life are those that i have like i i lead men's groups it's now co-ed groups and we'll cry and we'll process things together and i'll have like one session with them and i feel closer to to them than a lot of the people i've known my entire life there's something to be said there. Mm-hmm. Just right. the power of sadness for connection and unity. 
Wow. Right. It's like how you use that in that sadness. It's like, we are connected. Like we share this together, right? It's instead of, thank you, man. Instead of viewing sadness as like, oh my gosh, right. You're weak or this negative thing, right. It can be used to, to connect us more and to allow us to see ourselves in another person and like, oh my gosh, you, you know, you're struggling or you're feeling the same way that I'm feeling, you know, and that right there just creates more of a bond. And I love that yeah. you're about this too, just connecting each other on the same exact way. If we can just come together more, feel more oneness with each other, that, that, oh my gosh, the power that that has is remarkable. And right, it's viewing, I love that, man, the emotions are, they're emotions. You know what I mean? It's literally, it's, it's, we dictate, is it a positive or a negative thing, right? We can look at sadness as this, personally, as this really negative thing that sucks and brings us down. Or from your beautiful mind, you can look at sadness as a way for us to, to join each other and to find some common ground yeah. with one another. That's, that's to be, I want to kind of, it's important to touch upon like level two of that. And what I mean by that is there's times in which other people are in a good space to support and that's okay. Like they're going mm -hmm. through their own stuff. Like, as you say, it's good at the union of each other, but the union with, with yourself, they always say, yeah. you know, just love yourself. No, self-love is a, is a choice. Self-love is a practice, but going, if, especially for me, when I, people just say, just love yourself, just, I get frustrated because I was, I didn't at all. Like I was, as I said, and I think what it, where it starts is self-acceptance, just accepting where I'm at. Yeah. And then go to self-love eventually. But self-acceptance is that first stage. And then self-love. And then just the kind of asking those those pre-questions when you're asking for support. Hey, I'm having a hard time. Can I be vulnerable with you? Or do you have do you have the space to you know to listen? And if they say no, that's fine. Like thank you for being honest and not taking it personally. Like it's okay. They're going through their own stuff. Don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. totally. uh, I think I took things personally. I'd have been having a hard time, and then someone wouldn't be able to help me. I would take it personally, and I, I feel like, wow, I'm a, no one likes me. This is that, but it has nothing to do with me. Exactly. And then right. I went to the next. Are you in a space to you know hold? Are you in a space to you know hear something vulnerable? And that person would say absolutely, and then I, I would, and then we'd have a good connection. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I, I want to touch on and ask you about about your coaching because you're doing it right now. So thank you. <laughs> like literally you're helping me in, in moments right now. And I know for all the listeners as well, um, your, your mindset coaching, how does it go? Is it typically one-on-ones? Is it in group situations? Um, is there something, is it, you know, focused around social anxiety? Uh, or is it just a gamut of, of having, you know, a more abundant or just a more positive mindset? How does that look? To be honest, it's, it's, client by client um yeah. but it's it's i call myself a subconscious mindset coach because what is like help people with something that you helped yourself with right yeah you know, i have my own coach and the thing i helped myself with was literally reprogramming my brain to love myself and be super confident in social situations so i'm i mostly do um i help people with confidence and abundance and making more money and and processing trauma and reprogramming stories in their heads. I can do some processes that they get in their bodies and afterwards you're like, whoa, what just happened? Like, because a lot of times, you know, as you talked about earlier, I'm amazing and bring value everywhere I go and doing all that stuff is really in your head and that's where the problem is. And it's hard to 
fix a problem with a problem a lot of the times. So actually processing processing the stuff in the body and so and getting rid of that blocks because a lot of the times my clients will make a lot of progress and then like old stuff and resistors will come up and I'll like we'll get, we'll get to know those those tra trauma and those stories and I actually love doing this with my clients where we name the different parts of ourselves so I'll name like that my inner critic is Hades and then like my super supporter is Hercules like we'll name the different parts of ourselves like people always, like it's kind of touching upon like this is who I am no I'm I'm many parts to me right mm -hmm. and a lot of times my client my clients will come at me with like a limiting belief and I'm like is that your you know whatever your 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 resistor talking or is that true like what would your supporter say and i i literally help my clients find stuff within themselves and 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 i never push my own agenda on them i only push what they've always dreamed and wanted to how they wanted to show up in the world and accomplish everything they've ever wanted to accomplish because it's I had to bite the bullet and hire my own coach. I didn't want to. I don't need help. That's you know, part of my own story. And mm -hmm. as soon as I got that support, um, I my life became so much better so quickly. Like I'll never forget. Like I, I hired my coach, and and the idea is I don't do it for the money. Yes, I do get money, but I need to live. But I do it to be of service. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. I the first week I started my own coaching, my my coach said, you know what? Don't get any new clients. I just want you to just be of service and love all over yourself. And it was hard because I wasn't in that moment. And I loved all over myself. I took care of myself. I gave myself a haircut. I took myself on dates. It sounds silly, but it actually worked. I took care of myself. I brushed my teeth twice a day. I took showers twice a day. I had a morning routine. I had a night routine. I did gratitude. I journaled. I just kind of did my little thing with myself. And then um, I just like reached out to people and I was really sincere and I was like, how, what are your challenges? How can I help? How can I, what are your challenges? How can I help? And I just did that. And I was not trying to get clients. I wasn't. And I got three clients in the first week and it just goes to show like doing it from that, that space is so powerful as being of service. Yes. Oh my gosh, buddy. Exactly that. You're, you're doing it from a place of just love, right? You're not doing it for an end goal or for money or or any sort of an outside physical material thing you were doing it because it brought you joy and it brought you happiness right and it made you feel fulfilled on the inside and that's honestly a conversation that's been coming up in my life a lot recently too in in my own self it's just like just be here in the now and be love and be the best version of myself and serve other people who cares about the outcome like the outcomes those will come you know the money the monetary things those will come but it's like instead of that just shifts the entire creative process right Justin, if you what's your what's your what's your win of the week what is my win of the week yeah my win of the week so i um i it was it was wow it was serving others so i uh so I'm in Florida now. I went back to New York, uh, which is where I'm from, uh, last Saturday to this Monday. And I went back because my um, my sister's ex-husband, he had a heart condition and had to uh, go, go into the hospital. It was pretty scary for a little while. Um, for a little bit, it did not look like he was going to make it. And uh, so I went back to serve. I went back, me and my brother went to 
be with my niece and my nephew. And there's a big age gap between uh, my ourselves and our, and our sister. So my niece and nephew are three years younger than me and then 10 years younger than me. So, I mean, they're adults, they're grown. And we went back just to be with them. And it was really, honestly, we didn't go back there for any any goal, any other outside intention. Uh, we went back there just to be with them and to show them love and to let them know that they we are there for them. Justin, what was your win of the week? But that made me feel so good. You know what I mean? Uh, that made me feel... In, that made your me win of the week was feeling the joy from visiting. My joy... My win, of the, to visit. my win of the week was being there for somebody else and serving. Um, being there, yeah, being there to serve them and, and, and me being home and, and them feeling the love and connection that, that we were, that I was giving them, that was my win. Cause then I felt that right back. You know what I mean? And that mm -hmm. just felt that was, it, it was, it was really special to go there and then them to be like, wow, you guys are only home just to be with us. And we're like, yeah. I think it's, it's fascinating. And just in the wins, you just notice how your brain wants to like explain everything. Yeah. But there's so much power. My one of the week is visiting home and being of service. Yeah. Just simplifying it. Our brains a lot of times get in the story of trying to like explain and rationalize and blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. And almost take away from the win. Mm-hmm. Wow. And just to it's... stop and just take it in. Like, my win is this. And that's something I... It's so important. I have trouple doing this still. But I practice. I like... It's, it's a practice, right? And I like, yep. what's your win of the week? What's your win of the week? Keep selling. How could you celebrate yourself today? How could you celebrate yourself? And just keep doing that over and over again. Yeah. It's it's hard. And well, no. like our brain, like I can get into it, but like even our brain doesn't want to celebrate ourselves. It doesn't want to, you know, be grateful because when we're grateful, then we're not seeking or not, you know, like yes. people say, oh, just be grateful, be grateful. Why? They say it everywhere for a reason, like gratitude, like just looking for something that you're grateful for or, or like a win actually does something chemically to the brain in a powerful way just mm -hmm. looking for something you're grateful for and they've research shows that 21 days of gratitude in a row like literally repro like reshapes your brain in a powerful way and just realizing that we still have caveman cavewoman brains and like say I'm, I'm exiting the cave and to the right is like all my dreams coming true and everything going well. And then to the left, there's like the possibility of you know, danger of like an animal getting to me. And if I'm paying attention. I'm like always wanting to pay attention to like the danger and not do the gratitude. Like, but we're not caveman, cavewomen anymore. So it's, it's understanding our, our, um, that's how our brains are created. And just without judging it, just take those steps towards like what I do with my clients literally is how do you want to show up in the world? What is the ideal life look like in 12, uh, six months from now, 12 months from now, two years from now, and really get precise with like how much money do you make? Cause we all don't care to make the same amount of money. Like we are all trying to live for other people. Like biggest regret, they did a study and they asked people at the end of their lives, what's their biggest regret? And the biggest one was living a life for other people. What does success mean to you? And that definition is different to everyone. So what does it look like to you? Like for you, it can be starting a nonprofit, not making much money, but like starting and helping a million people, a million people, like get de getting definite with like, what does your look like? What does your life look like in the ideal situation six months from now? It looks like, oh, whatever, I don't know. 
five grand a month. I am making speeches around the world. I'm visiting people and breathing into that. A really good exercise I invite you to do is, is do like a future journaling is where like you're five years in the future. And when you're saying yesterday, I blah, 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 blah. And you're saying it as if you got all your dreams coming true. Mm -hmm. There's power in that. Yep. There really is. Wow. Every time I meditate and I manifest my goals, I feel it right now, right? It's not something that's happening in the future. It's something that's happening right now. And it is, it's, it's honestly insanely powerful to do it that way. And Jeremy, gratitude. I love that you brought up gratitude, man. I'm like the biggest fan of gratitude. I am, I, I'm so grateful for what gratitude has brought into my life. I did 365 days of gratitude um, on the Spread Love Movement account Amazing. every day. <laughs> every day posted one thing in a story that I was grateful for. And I already had a gratitude practice before that. And I still do it. Uh, every morning when I wake up, I think about what I'm grateful for. When I meditate, I think about what I'm grateful for and I feel it. And then at night, right before I go to bed, I do the same thing. And I, it is... I'm grateful for the change that's happened in my life because now, you know, having gratitude be such a, a part of my every single day, it's a part of who I am now. You know what I mean? It's like, it's literally me now, which is just wild because um, it wasn't like that before at all. And in that, Jeremy, it's like you said this, but it's like my subconscious will constantly be looking for what I can be grateful for without me even trying because now that it is such a part of my being it's not something I, I have to really give much effort towards. It's like my brain is just looking for it and it's just picking it out and it's bringing into my awareness the things I can be grateful for, which is, it's huge when your brain is focusing on the positive and the gratitude as opposed to the negative. And when you can work that into your every single day over an extended period of time, your life will literally change. And I felt the immense power of that. And I'm so grateful that I was able to, to have those experiences and, and have this now and then be able to share it with people because anything that, that good that has ever happened in my life or anything that I've done that's helped me lift my vibration or put me in a better state of being, I just want to share that with people because I love everybody and I just want them to at least have the opportunity to experience the same thing. So gratitude is huge, man. I love that you, that you brought that up and it, it comes up a lot in these conversations and I'm so glad that it does because it just reinforces and reiterates um, just how truly powerful it, it really is and how much it can change your life. Yeah, that's when I actually have a, I started a, a gratitude WhatsApp group with a bunch of people. Cool. And um, I think they, they started as a 30 day challenge. And for anyone that wants to do gratitude, like level one, yes, I'm grateful for a roof over my head and all that. But I'd also encourage people in long term to get more precise with the things they're grateful for. Like I'm grateful for my Zoom call with people from around the world. They celebrated me for my birthday and I felt good. There's just people from over 10 countries and getting in detail and really feeling it. Cause it's not about the things, it's the feeling. I can mm. say I'm so grateful for these pants yes. I'm wearing right now. They're so stretchy and comfortable and amazing. It's the feeling. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, the idea. It's not the actual thing. It's really yes. important. And it also, if you don't, if I'm not saying things, if I'm being general every single day, then it's like, I always say, it's like watching your favorite TV show, but the same episode over and over again. It doesn't matter how good it is, your brain's going to get bored. You're not going to do it long term. 
Mm-hmm. So being more precise, because then you, as you like you said it so you touched upon it so perfectly, like your brain subconsciously will start looking for things you're grateful for in a daily life, like right. Mm-hmm. So here's a good another example. When I first my when I got into New York the other day, I got off one exit early on accident. And an old me would have been like, oh my gosh, you piece of crap, Jeremy, you missed your exit. I got to walk so much further. This sucks. I'm going to be late, blah, blah, blah. But because I'm on gratitude right now, I was like, oh, more exercise. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. So I walked over a mile with a big backpack to this stranger I was staying with. And I was like, my friend, oh, I told him, oh, well, you got off on the wrong exit. You're already late. I'm like, yeah, I think the universe is telling me I need to get some more exercise. I told him that. <laughs> right oh my and that changes your whole life instead of being down and mad and negative at yourself or the circumstance or the situation you're instead finding gratitude you're like cool i get to go on a walk awesome i get to walk around new york city for a little bit i didn't enjoy my surroundings or whatever it might be and it really it, it just it changes everything and when you think about those types of situations multiplied millions of times over the course of your life and when you can see, you know, in, in a positive aspect as opposed to a negative down aspect, and again, that's being multiplied millions of times, just realize how much of an effect that has on your overall life, your overall happiness, your overall joy, your energy. It's just, it's, it's, it's really huge. Um, and Jeremy, mm-hmm. thank you for, yeah, for touching on the, on the feeling part too, because in gratitude, that is like the most important part of it is to feel the gratitude not just saying like, yeah, you know, it was cool. I got to, you know, see my family this week and, and, and support my niece and nephew. Okay. And then move on. It's like, no, like sitting there and feeling it when we connected and my niece said to me, wow, you guys, you guys just came home for us. Cause it was like, um, uh, another cousin's, uh, birthday. On, on, nope. On stop the... explaining it. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me There's breathe. The there you go. Yes. And be present to here and now. And it was a beautiful, it was beautiful and finding that gratitude, not just thinking about it quickly, but being in the feeling of us connecting with each other and being with each other and feeling that, that happiness that she felt in just us knowing that, you know, we were there. That's where it comes from. That's where it can really, really expand things. Um, it's, it's the feeling of it. So everybody, when you're focusing on your gratitude, uh, Please try your best to truly feel it, not just think about it logically and let it move on, but actually be in the feeling and the emotion of it. Huge, Jeremy. I love it. Yeah, so good. Jeremy, And and we touched on this right before we hopped on, but I know you're in Brooklyn right now. You're traveling. Please share with everybody because this is amazing why you are traveling right now and kind of what you're doing. Yeah, during the pandemic, I did a challenge of, I wanted to have a video chat with uh, a stranger in every U.S. state, in every country in the world. And I talked to people from well over 100 countries, and I've talked to just about every single state. Um, and now I'm trapped because things are kind of more opening. A little bit, there's a little bit of a, I don't get into it, but my goal now is to visit everyone, that I, all the strangers that I met. And I want to meet as many of them as possible in person. And I met people on Clubhouse and Instagram, and um, I've led and been a part of transformational groups around the world now. So I want to meet all those people, and um, I'm coaching, so I can do that remotely. 
and I want to perhaps I want to meet some like I have a coach, I have a client in Saudi Arabia, I have clients from around the world, and I just want to meet them in person. And I I want to I'm not gonna lie, I still have fear, I still have anxiety doing this. Like I'm going to Colombia, I have fear. My brain's like, oh, is it safe? Is it this unrest? I'm still doing it though. And I'm hoping, I'm doing it for me first, because that's, that's the most important thing, because then I'll be able to serve others more. Yes. Um, but I'm hoping that it inspires other people to do things, even if it's scary, because it is scary for me. Um, I'm insp I want to inspire other people to connect more, even when it's scary. Um, even as I did the challenge of talking to people from around the world, I had up to 13 calls a day. And a lot of times, actually, just about every single time, the call was a million times better than my brain said it was going to be. <laughs> yes. So many times. I, yeah. yeah. And I started a global community out of it. Like, that's so amazing. It's so amazing. A global community out of it. Unreal. Wow. Right. And so many times when I go into podcasts or every week, I, um, I run a mastermind uh, for an hour. And every time I go into it and it's like, okay, hopefully this goes well. Like your brain, again, your ego is just trying to protect you, but you have all these like kind of these doubting thoughts of, I hope it goes well, or once if it doesn't and this and that. And Jeremy, it always goes. And I try to release those thoughts and just be present. And then it always goes a million times better than I even could have ever expected. Every, like literally every single time it's, it's wild. Um, yeah. Even times where I don't think it's, it goes, it went well, like, I'll make up the story that didn't go well. And then someone will be like, you changed my life. And I'm like, yep. what? I, I didn't feel like it went well, but not everyone sees things the way you do. That's the yep. interesting part. And there'll be times where I'm like, wow, it went so well. And people will complain. I'm like, wait, just be as present as possible. And you're always doing it right. Exactly. And, um, concentrate on the reps and not the results. Like mm -hmm. say, for example, you do a mastermind. I, I talked about this because it's so important. And then no one shows up. Give yourself love for creating it. Because it's about what you can control. And they're like, all right, this, let me just get nine more. Like, literally, when I first started doing, like, socials, I would just be like, I'm just going to do ten of them. I didn't care how many people showed up. I'm just going to do ten. And what that did is it gave me, it put all my power into what I can control. And also helped me, like, enjoy it more. Because I wasn't so concentrated on how well it was and how much fun everyone had. Because I'm like, I, the goal is ten. Mm. And it helps so much. It went so much better than if I concentrated on everyone like getting along. No, it's, it's, it's like, here's the thing. I did a Zoom call earlier with people from around the world and I was facilitating some transformational stuff and I had people go within and heal. And some people were like, some people left during it. And I'm not taking offense to that because I know deep down they're just not ready to kind of do that work. And they weren't in a, they're like, their resistor. Um, you, you say ego, but I call it the resistor. Didn't doesn't want them to be happy and satisfied and put that work in and be confident right mm -hmm. um that's okay it has nothing to do with me exactly. but if i didn't do that if i didn't continue to do that for the people who are ready and needed that support then what is it like i a lot of people that were in that zoom call are like i really needed that thank you so much just like really helped me so much and if i would have stopped for those people i didn't like it and they wouldn't have gone that and yes that's just like people like i'm gonna get rejected some people aren't not everyone's gonna like me it's like when i look at the store and i look for that perfect mango and some aren't the perfect mango i have to go through those unripe mangoes to get to the ripe mangoes mm -hmm. that's just the reality of it 
buddy. And again, what we talked uh, touched on earlier, it's about just being present and being your best self and showing up in the best way that you can in, in, in love. You know what I mean? Not dictating this experience based off of anything else. Not, you know, did people show up? Or did these two people not get out of it what I expected them to get out of it or what I wanted for them to get out of it? It's like just being, just being literally coming from a place of love, being who you are and the rest. I just truly believe the rest will take care of itself. And when you can have that mindset, like what you were just talking about, having that mindset is just, it's so much better for ourselves it's so much, it puts our life so much more at peace because Jeremy, if you got so down about the people who left, that would bring your whole vibration down. That may, may cause you to never want to do it again. You know what I mean? And that's, that's not the purpose. It's, it's not for these outside, you know, accolades. If you can help people, that's beautiful and that's amazing and you will help people. But it's just, I, I think a huge thing is like not having expectations. And then we, when we set expectations for ourselves, we're setting ourselves up to, we're setting ourselves up for failure in a way. We're setting ourselves up to say, well, if it doesn't go this exact way, the way the universe is showing it to me, well, then I'm going to be mad and I'm going to be upset, right? And, and yeah. not setting those expectations, just letting what be to, to be. Yeah. It's like when our, when our expectations don't re- meet reality, that's when like the, this challenge happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I, was, I want to argue a little bit with you in the sense yeah. of like, just be yourself. That's, that's empty. And I say that in a loving way because it's like, how do I want to, sh- what is the impact I want to make in the world? How do I want to show up? What's the impact I want to make? What are my core values? Right? Because if you don't have your core values, then someone comes along and says, you want to do this, this, and this? And I'll say yes to it. And I'm like, wait, hold on. This is not within my core value of, you know, being honest. So no, sorry. Like there's power, so much power in saying no right and having those core values of play like play is a really big one in my core value so if i'm hanging out with someone or i'm dating someone that's not playful and i'm not happy if i am um, in a space where i'm um yeah i i can yeah so do it with do it with intention and really narrowing down like how you want to show up in the world the impact you want to make in your core values mm-hmm. just really get in touch with that then it becomes easier Yes. Time to be. And buddy, thank you for clarifying that. So when I say just be, I don't mean just like show up and, and like not give a shit or like not care. You know what I mean? I mean like be your truth, be who you are. Those intentions that you have, show up with those intentions. You know what I mean? Like be, and that's what I mean, like be the best version of yourself that you can be based on your core values and your beliefs and what you ideally want to accomplish and help people with, but just don't be so attached to the outcome and your expectation of, of how it's supposed to go because it's going to go the way that it goes and it just creates more turmoil in ourselves when we have these expectations and then we're down in ourselves because it didn't go that way or we feel like we're a failure and like we're not in any of those things at all it just way it went I mean, the way more lessons happen from failure than success so yes. uh-huh. i always ask what's the opportunity here mm-hmm. what is your biggest learning piece from this experience like there's so many more lessons in failure than yes. success yes it's so true there i mean that and that's the thing too i like i don't personally believe in in failure the way that it's deemed because the quote-unquote failure for me is a lesson learned it is a new experience that i got to have it will you know put my path in, in a different way, which is a way that wouldn't have been before without that quote unquote failure. 
Um, so I'm, I just, I, there's so much gratitude in, in, in failing in quote unquote failing. You know what I mean? There's, there's so much, like you said, there's so much opportunity. There's a lesson there. There's so much growth that can come from that. So the idea of failure, you can look at it as a negative way, or you can look at it as a positive way. Just, I mean, there's, there's no such thing as failure, only learning exactly. lessons. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Right. That's why I do like the quote unquote failure because like, it doesn't really, it doesn't exist. It doesn't. If you fully truly believe that it does and I failed and that's it, well then you are reaffirming your truth. But when you have the positive outlook on it and say, okay, what can I gain from this? This is actually amazing. Failure, the idea of failure is actually neutral. It's what we What a great on. failure. Celebrate that failure. For real. Is the invitation. Like, I love that dynamic. The most successful people, in my opinion, are the ones that failed the most. Exactly. Straight up. Exactly. Those people, right, have failed way more than the people who aren't successful. Way more. And that in itself is like mind-blowing in the best way. Wow. Jeremy, I have so much love for you, man. You're such a good dude. Oh my gosh, your energy. And Jeremy, thank you because you've helped me in moments just see things from a new perspective. And that is everything. That's everything to me. It opens my mind. It opens up my consciousness. It allows me to see things from another angle. It allows me to connect with people more because I'm able to relate to them more and understand things in a different way than I understood them before. So, so much love for you, man. Thank you so much for that. Um, and I, I, one last question I want to ask. So I ask everybody this and one of the biggest, not even one of the biggest dream and goal of my life is to do this work in helping to shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving and kind, peaceful, uh, more together, more one, just a higher vibration um, overall. So I do feel like you're already in your, your journey of doing this, but what do you feel like you are doing now? Uh, what do you feel like, or maybe your plans are for the future in order to help in this consciousness shift to this beautiful place that I know that the both of us would like to see it go? Yeah, I'm definitely doing that. I think my biggest thing is helping a million people truly come home to themselves so they can be really be fully expressed in all aspects of their life um i don't i was i was going to explain it but i'm not but i just i just feel like if like you it, it goes it coincides with yours i think if when people aren't nice to themselves they're not nice to other people like i know when people are someone says something really mean to them like well people treat themselves or people treat others a little better than they treat themselves and i wow. think one of the biggest themes I had in talking to people from around the world is that they saw themselves below what I, how I saw them. And then two, what I noticed is that most of them really just wanted to be real and authentic. And they had, you know, limiting, they had reasons where they weren't able to be fully like themselves and expressed and they cared too much what other people thought. So I want to help people just become more confident in their skins and, um, be more present. I feel like I'm all, all over the place, but it's just me. You know, I feel like that's such a powerful thing. It is, man. Thank you. You <laughs> how you're gonna aid the shift is is by serving and helping others, and literally helping one person fully at a time. Yeah. Because one the six degrees of of separation. I used to try to help everyone half assily, right? That's mm -hmm. not a word, but now I really support one person at a time. 
I put all my my heart and soul into one person at a time, be present for one person at a time. And then like all the people that you are going to come across now, which is a lot, and then those, pre those people are gonna come across and those people are gonna come across. It just expands more than you realize. Like mm -hmm. I help someone like having a hard time in a heart like in a day. Like someone's going through a hard time and I help them. Now they help someone and that person helps someone and that person helps someone and that person helps someone. That one person, that one moment just expanded so much more than you think. And I think what people don't realize is the impact that they can make is so much easier and they totally and it's so much more than they realize. Yeah. Wow, okay, that was a really uh, really great way just to, to wrap things up. And, um, I just commend you, man. I have so much love for you. Thank you for, for doing that. That's like your mission in life is to serve others and, and just to help people come to just a, a better place for themselves. And, um, and I, connection. I, it's, yeah, this connection, man. Yeah. Wow. It's really, it's honestly, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's really moving. And, I'm so grateful to have conversations with people like you and just to know people like you exist because that gives me like all the hope in the world. So thank you for that. For real. Thank you, brother. Mm -hmm. Jeremy, before we cut out, man, if you can uh, just let people know the name of your podcast, if you want to let people know where they can find you on social media, online, how they can connect with you so maybe you can be their coach, all that good stuff. Yeah, um, just my Instagram is Jeremy Talks to Strangers, uh, <laughs> and uh, my podcast is The Social Ninjas, and that's it. Like, I don't, I don't have a fancy website or anything like some coaches do. I, yeah, it's just, it's just me. I'm pretty yep. often. I, I, I put a lot of energy in being real in my social media. I have uh, posted a video of me crying on social media and had a vulnerability hangover the next day, like. <laughs> uh, i love it man you're being your true self it's the the best thing that you can be and um if this it's conversation not easy, but it's not it. e yes it's not easy but it is so worth it and anyone listening right now if all the brilliant things that jeremy said uh touched you or in some way and you feel like you can gain from his mind and his perspective on life, please reach out to him. It's like, that's why coaches are there. You know what I mean? To truly help people. And if you feel like you're someone where you think you may, maybe could use a little bit of help or you're unsure, reach out to him, chat with him for a moment, see if it's something that you know can help you and can serve you because your happiness should be something that is just such a, a, a huge point in your life and something that we are really striving to. And if you know someone like Jeremy can help you do that and live a life that's more fulfilled and more happy you you owe it to yourself uh to live that sort of a life and you owe it to yourself to to get to that place because we have so much love for you and uh, we just want you to be happy and and to feel good um jeremy thank you man for for, thank you. for being here man and sharing this time with me this was uh this was a, definitely a special one everyone too thank you for hanging out with me and jeremy and being a part of the conversation and being present with us we have so much love for you and uh, I cannot wait to see everybody again next time. And, and Jeremy, man, again, buddy, thank you. Thank you.